We have two guest speakers here today. Um, you know what, I was, I was chatting with uh, Charles and Eunice before the service, and, and Charles was getting just kind of a, a barrage of texts and voicemails from literally the other side of the planet Earth. He said they're 12 hours exactly ahead, which means they're almost as far as humanly possible from Orange County, California, in the country of India. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but there is a lot of things in the world that divide us, including geography. But if you're ever around Christian circles, you just start talking about Jesus, and you realize that Jesus is, is he doesn't give a rip about distance geographically. You just pick up with a brother who lives 12 hours time difference across the globe, and we just began to chat and pray. And uh, by way of just introducing him, I, I think maybe just a connection point for some people who, who may not be familiar with, with Charles and Eunice. A handful of months ago, I don't know what it was, eight or ten months ago, um, Danny brought before our congregation just this dire, very timely need. He had received a phone call that there was literally people who would be dying. They would be taking their last breath because they were out of oxygen. And we just said, you know what? God has led us here. Would you be willing to give? And, and this church gave in such a way that we, we quite literally saved lives in India. And Charles and Eunice kind of bear that story. They're going to tell us a little bit about it. But all that is just to say that Charles wants your prayers because he's fallen prey to pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> he is a tremendous man of God. He is a tremendous man of prayer. His wife is just a beautiful example of what it means to follow Jesus. And I just would ask that you would warmly welcome them in the way that we do and welcome Charles and Eunice to come share with us this morning. working? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to be here after, I don't know, last time I saw you, it was two, three years ago. Yeah, and I was thinking in the morning, like, wow, he's so worthy to be praised, and he's so worthy of our lives. He's so worthy of our obedience, and, and he's so worthy that we live for him, right? The Lord takes me over and over to the reason why I, I chose to serve him, and I chose to lay, lay down my life. I'm from Spain originally. Now I'm Indian at heart. I think it's been 17 years. And um, you know, this morning I received a text from my mom and she's very cold-blooded like me. We have a bit of a cold blood. Like we don't get too, too emotional about things very quickly. But she said, Nise, that's how she calls me. I need to call you. And I'm like, oh, no, grandma has died. <laughs> that was my first thought. And then uh, I asked her, are you all okay? Because my dad was very sick a few weeks ago. And she said, yeah, we, we are fine, but your, your uncle just passed away all of a sudden. And then I spoke with my dad. I asked him, dad, how are you? And he said, I'm sad because the Lord has been prompting me this whole week about him that I needed to give him a last message, and I didn't. And today I received the, the call that he's no more. So that made me realize, like, wow, our lives. We don't know. Do you know for sure? I don't know for sure when, when I'll be called. But the time I have, I'm going to live for him. I've been 17 years serving Jesus in India. And there is not even a single day that I regret. 
having left Spain, and I'm a nurse by, by profession, having left the hospital and my family, there is not a single day that I regret living for Jesus. Yes, it's been tough. Yes, it is tough. But man, the grace that the Lord gives you to minister his people, the love that you receive from him, it's all worth it. And uh, so I want to encourage you. I don't know where are you at now in life, but if Jesus is calling you, is prompting you to do something, just do it out of love, out of love for him. He loves us, and he wants us to serve him with a whole heart, not as an obligation, but it's a response from our hearts to him because we are just so in love with Jesus. He's, he's all so worthy. And I wanted to thank this uh, community church for what you did a few months ago. You know, we just uh, got back from Spain, from taking, uh, taking some time in Spain. A few months we were in Spain, and as soon as we got back uh, to India, that was February. We had to stay a bit longer in Spain because I, I got COVID, and it got a bit complicated. So uh, as soon as we got back... Um, to India, the second wave started to hit, and then we started losing missionaries, friends, um, pastors, and it was pretty rough. And then we started seeing a huge need where we are. There is a hospital and there is a leprosy colony that we always work with, and uh, we knew that there was a lack of oxygen, and we started crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, you have brought us here. For us, it's not enough that we are safe and we are fine, we are fed. We have literally hundreds of people around us that are dying. Lack of oxygen, lack of food. And then uh, Charles started sharing, and he shared to Pastor Danny. He, shared, he said, Pastor, this is what's happening here. I don't know if, if you feel in your heart the Lord is leading you to help. And I really want to thank you for that timely help. <laughs> it was... Really, we could send to hundreds of family packs of sur- survival. We called it survival packs, you know, with uh, rice, lentils, all necessary stuff. And then we could supply a hospital uh, for oxygen for some time. And the director of the hospital, when we said we, we got oxygen, that was a miracle <laughs> to get oxygen. And he said to us, you know, tonight was our last dose of oxygen for our current patients, and we were crying out to the Lord. We were, Lord, you have given us this hospital. You have given us these people to take care of. You will have to supply the oxygen. And then that's when you responded. We took that. God provided oxygen. They were breathing. (laughs) So it's amazing. Thank you so much. And we were for many weeks and months supplying with those survival kits to many many families. So we want to show a little video. Is it okay, Pastor? So you can visualize a little bit what it is like. Hi, dear lovely people. This is Charles from Papa's house. Uh, We want to update you on the current second wave of uh, coronavirus. It's so crazy what's going on here. But uh, I just wanted to remind you of what uh, Cory Tenboom used to say. You look around, you feel so stressed. You look within, you feel depressed. But when you look up to God, you're at rest. And that's the focus where we are taking. We see so many challenges and we 
no clue what to do but god has given us the grace to handle it and what you're going to be seeing in, in the next couple of minutes is god has enabled us and enabling us to reach the most needy ones in our city so by god's grace we could able to collect rice and and lentils and other essential stuff and we could able to go and meet those really those who are in need in the slum areas in the streets so that we can give to those people who are in need with this provision so that they can sustain themselves in during this crazy pandemic during this lockdown and above all to share that there is a god who cares for them we agree amen we want to thank you so much for standing with us for your prayers for your support and i want to ask you to continue to stand with us through your prayers and support may god bless you and we love you thank you so much and uh, you know because of all that situation like in, in the video like the background where charles is now we are building a big kitchen because uh, that's one of the the calling that the lord has given us to feed with people with the word of god and with food like physical food so in that place at the back we are now building a kitchen and that's a project that the lord has given us so we thank you for your love and your support and really you are part of what's going on there god bless you thank you thank you church and by the way the, the little bump here is we are expecting our third one It's it's not the donut that she ate this morning. <laughs> anyway, so glad to be back here. So beautiful. Thank you church for standing with us. Such a beautiful thing. I just want to read the um the email the director of the hospital uh he sent to us. He said, um, "Thank you for your generous donation of the oxygen cylinders to our hospital. We are very grateful for your help at a time when we were running short." of the oxygen cylinders it is most useful to us and is being used for our patients and our prayers and well wishes for you and your church that's you amen isn't it beautiful amen i believe the lord uh, you know in the, in the midst of this craziest thing how many of you can agree with me the last 20 months were a bazaar yes i mean it's not the same i mean it's everything got shaken up right but something beautiful god is doing is building his church is preparing his bride amen so um we're going to get into the word if you have your bible or if you have a phone that has a bible lifted above like this above your head and you say this after me lord jesus influence me this morning Holy Spirit I pray that you will speak to us. We are not here for just some ear tingling word. We are not here to check the box said I went to church on Sunday. We are not here to do church. Lord you are you have called us to be the church. And I pray Father that you will speak to us. Bring us one more step closer to you. And all God's people say in Jesus name Amen amen. Uh we are praying for your pastor. I heard the news that uh, your pastor is uh, going through uh, covid. 
We are continuing to pray that God will continue to bring healing and uh, restoration. Amen? Why don't we do a 30-second prayer? If you can stand up on your feet, lift up your hands. And I know Pastor Danny is watching, I believe. Lift up your hands. And Pastor Danny and Pastor Rochelle, we're going to pray. Come on. If you love him, lift up your hands. If you don't love him, keep your hands like in the pocket. Okay? So I don't know whether the camera can zoom, how many, how many people are in his pocket, you know. Anyway, lift it up and say this. Uh, pray the prayer from your heart. Lord, I pray for healing. Come on, church. Come on, pray, pray. 30 seconds. Father, we speak life over this precious couple. Thank you, Lord. I pray for healing and restoration. Yes, Father, yes. Yes, I pray the entire family will be covered by your blood. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the restoration. Yes, Father, yes, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. So, um, you, can, you can title it however you want. The title is like this, Gathered for a Purpose. And uh, the text that I want to read for you is from the uh, book of Acts, chapter 2. It's up in the screen. You guys have the luxury of reading the Bible on the screen. Um, so it's uh, chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. I'm going, to reading, uh, I'm going to be reading in an Indian accent. So if you can't catch up with that, you, you can still find it on, on the screen, okay? Chapter 2 of Acts uh, and from 42 to 47. It goes like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching under the fellowship of breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And this is beautiful at the end. And the Lord, let's read together. It's up in the screen. And the Lord, come on church, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So, as I told you, for the last 20 months, everything in India got shut down. Especially the churches got shut down. I mean, uh, the supermarkets are open, <laughs> cinema theaters are open, uh, malls are open, uh, but the ch- places of worship are shut down, and especially the churches are shut down for the sake of precaution. Isn't it crazy? And in the last 20 months, we could legally run the church for maybe four or five months. Illegally, we run many months. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are recording. I don't know. Huh? It's ridiculous. You know, because they said, oh, you know, the church kind of become divided because we are church uh, that people were saying it's illegal to meet. So we are not going to come. But the same people, I see them in the cinema theater and the shopping mall. And uh, so then we said to them, like, hey, of course, we need to respect and honor the government. But at the same time, Jesus is not a religious guru. Jesus never started a religion. Jesus never endorsed a religion. Jesus said, I am a king. And I come from a kingdom. And I have a kingdom. My kingdom is internal, but also eternal. 
So we have an obligation to be part of following the kingdom. Suddenly it became quiet here. So we came to a point where we have to figure out, are we going to go with this government or we have another government that is... You understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, tug of war because we don't know where to handle and we lost few people because they said, no, we want to follow the protocol. But then we are called to have an higher protocol because right now being politically correct is a sign that stupidity is contagious. And I don't know, where do we draw the line? And we came to a point where, man, am I going to be politically correct saying the right thing and then lose the whole thing of being part of the kingdom? Amen? So we started asking the question, Lord, what is church? Is church is a building you go to? The Lord said, no. What is church? Is church is the meeting you attend to? No. Then what is church? Church is a family you belong to. And the Lord said, camp in the book of Acts for months. So we stayed in the book of Acts for months. And we started reading and reading and reading and reading and meditating and asking the Lord, Lord, build your church, not my church. But the church is actually the wife of Jesus. Hello, who are you? Who are you? The bride, the wife of Jesus, you are. So how the church needs to be. So we started asking the Lord, and the Lord took us uh, in the book of Acts, and we started reading. And to be honest, I don't know about you, you look very holy to me, but I realized we were doing church. We were not being church. And there was a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he said to us, it's time to stop doing church and start being the church. Because we used to have everything fit, right? In one and a half hours, two hours, we have the announcements, we have the worship, we have the word, three points, with an altar call, and we have the last song prepared, we have coffee and cake waiting outside. You know, it's all beautifully fixed. And suddenly, Corona came. You have something called Zoom. And the Lord was like, he's bringing us back to the basics. And when we started meditating on the book of Acts, we found out there are eight pillars the early church embraced it. And that's what we will go through the next 20, 25 minutes. Is that okay? So if you are taking notes, take notes. If you're not taking notes, take notes. Okay? The first pillar is called worship. The first pillar of the church is called worship. And by the way, worship never started when the worship leader singing and worship never stopped when they stopped singing worship was an aroma a sweet aroma it's a lifestyle it was never an event for the early church they never had powerful this sister where is that sister she sang with a golden voice where is she praise the lord i felt goosebumps it was so beautiful i was are you blessed to have her only 60%. Are you blessed to have her? Amen. It was so beautiful. But my brothers and sisters, with all due respect, she's not going to come home on Monday to your place and sing that for you. She's got life to do. We sometimes limit worship to somebody 
taking us to the place of presence of God. But worship doesn't stop there. Worship doesn't stop within the four walls. Worship actually goes outside the four walls where Jesus becomes your first preference in every area of your life. Then it's called worship. The early church, they didn't have all this beautiful technology that you have. The early church had nothing. In, in, in our church, people walk kilometers to come to church. There is no electricity. If you have electricity, it's a luxury. When was the last time you had power shortage? You know, we, we, we argue about stuff, you know, that doesn't really matter. The early church had nothing, but they had the presence of God. I, I like what Reinhard Bonke used to say. The less Holy Spirit you have, the more coffee and cake you need to bring people inside. Sadly, it's true. They never advertised pizza night, bring your kids, awesome worship. The early church was filled with the Holy Spirit and it was a sweet aroma to the Lord. The second pillar is called the word of God. Today, we this word, my brothers and sisters, it's the modern church is the most word-deprived church because we, we don't know the word. Imagine this with me. I mean, just imagine, okay? It's a crazy guy up here, so you can imagine this. One day you made it to heaven, okay? One day you're going to make it to heaven. How many of you believe that? Okay, six hands. The rest of you need deliverance. I'll pray for you later. One day you made it to heaven, and Peter welcomes you. Oh, man, glad you made it. I thought you won't, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. You made it. Come on in. And then you're walking, and then you say, by the way, I'm going to take you to the mansion that we've been building for you. But I'm got busy, but I'm going to ask my buddy, Habakkuk, could take you to the mansion. So I need a volunteer here. Can I have a volunteer? Any volunteer? One volunteer? Yes. Mi amigo. ¿Cómo se llama? Joel. Joel. Yeah. Muy bien. So, so Joel is walking with Abaguk to the heaven, you know, and, and, and Abaguk is saying, by the way, do you like my book? Joel. And Joel is like, Habaguk? I've heard about Thomas Cook. <laughs> Captain Cook. Who the heck is Habaguk? Imagine if, I mean, I know he knows Habakkuk, but imagine that if you made it up there and you don't know Habakkuk, thank you, muchas gracias. Imagine that. Imagine this. It will be crazy, right? Because minor prophets carry major truth. And sometimes we don't read the Bible. We, don't, we complain the Bible was taken from the school, but we took it from our home. We don't teach it to our kids. My five-year-old daughter, she sings this. You know, closed on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. My five-year-old daughter, she can sing that song. But we are, that's my point. The word of God in the early church was their foundation. They didn't look for the word that will 
please their lifestyle. You know, they, the word was their foundation. They stood on the word. Many years ago, I had a privilege of smuggling the Bible to mainland China. And the pastor who took me there and he said, thank God, these days we have more smugglers so we don't have to tear the Bible and give it to people to memorize. Imagine you get Leviticus 22 to memorize for a week. Guys, I believe the early church, their foundation was the word. They kept the word. They stood on the word. They meditated on the word. The word helped them to live a lifestyle of supernatural. The third pillar of the early church was communion. Sadly, today communion is reduced something called liturgy. We do it on a special occasions. Communion. Isaiah records this. 700 years before Jesus was born, and in 53rd chapter of Isaiah, and the Passion Translation says like this. It's so beautiful. Let me read that for you. In Passion Translations of Isaiah, 53 verse 5 says, It was because of our rebellious deeds he was pierced, and because of our sins he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding we found our healing. The blood of Jesus is our healing. The blood of Jesus is our life. The early church, that's what the Bible said. Every time they broke bread and thanks, give thanks to the Lord. Every single time. You know, the one thing that kept us sane during this COVID season, that we can come under the blood of Jesus and say, God, you are the greatest insurance policy that we can ever have. Guys, I'm not exaggerating. We saw literally dead bodies on the streets. There is no place for crematorium. It's packed. I don't know what news. It's based on your political views. You know, you watch right or left views, but I don't know what you watch. But this is what we experienced. And some, we got a special permission to get out of because it's a complete lockdown. We got special permission to feed the homeless and the hungry people on the streets. So we could get on the streets and we saw literally, and let me tell you, more than people died out of corona, people died out of hunger. Hunger. My dear brothers and sisters, there's no way to condemn anyone or anything. You live in a blessed country. We complain Oh, there is only French vanilla and half and half. There is no pumpkin spice. <laughs> I, I'm a coffee drinker. I drink only black. Two weeks ago when I came to this country, one pastor friend, he said, there is a new flavor in town. He said, you want to try pumpkin spice? I was, for my Indian mindset, you don't put pumpkin inside a coffee. That's demonic. But then he said, trust me. And now I got hooked up on it. I need your prayers for deliverance. <laughs> but that's the point. You know, we get so easily get caught up with stuff. And we say this one, complaining, complaining. But my brothers and sisters, the word of God says, in the woundings of Jesus, we have received our healing. What's your security? The blood of Jesus or what you have on your bank account. Because one day those things will fly away. Everything will fly. 
Amen. The fourth pillar of the early church and the fourth and fifth goes hand and hand. It's called prayer and fasting. And this is what Leonard Ravenel, anybody must have heard Leonard Ravenel, a great reformer in the England. England, he said this, uh, a man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by men. Amen. A man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by men. And, and I guess today prayer is reduced to some kind of, you know, mumbling under your lips. Just, you know, just to pray for the sake of prayer. Prayer was not just talking to God. Prayer is also listening. Prayer is meditating. Psalms 1 says, he's like a tree planted by the waters who leaf will not wither, will yield its fruit in its season. So I believe this, that prayer is a pillar in the church. John Wesley said, and I quote, a family altar will alter many families. Amen? A family altar. And let me ask this with all humility. When was the last time you as a family had an altar? I'm not talking about coming here on Sunday, doing an altar call, singing Kumbaya. I'm talking about in your home, having an altar, that praying and saying, God, because we complain, we say, this is wrong, this government did this, but my brothers and sisters, we are not part of this government. We have an eternal kingdom. Amen. And we trust God that on earth as it is in heaven will happen. Amen. I like what Pastor Andy said. Like hopeful people. Christians must be the most hopeful people. Amen. Because we, we have read the last book of the Bible. We know how the story ends. Am I screaming? Okay. <laughs> so I get excited, you know. Anyway, so prayer and fasting, it was a common communion with God. And fasting, by the way, friends, fasting is not that you do from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. Some of them are slowly catching up my humor. It's okay, bless you. In the southern, they say, bless your heart. But, but it's, it's so crazy, you know. So the fasting, it's, it's sometimes we think it's twisting God's arm. No. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes you towards God. Amen. When you fast, it's, you get clear perspective. When was the last time you took time? Say, God, I'm stopped going to, you know, I'm, the time that I'm going to devote eating whatever my favorite food is. You know, we come here almost every year to share what's going on in India. And me and Pastor Danny have a kind of a little ritual. So every time after service, he buys uh, pollo loco. Uh, the, I say to them, what do you like to eat? I say, pollo loco, crazy chicken. So, so, so this Sunday, I don't know how it's going to work out, but just giving our tips to him. But, but, but every Sunday, this is how it works out. Like every year, we have hangout here, share. Then we go to his home, and we sit and talk. And, you know. So my dear brothers and sisters, fasting is... Lord, the 20 minutes that I'm going to spend on eating or cooking or whatever, I'm going to spend praying, going before your throne, asking the Lord, give me a heart. Give me a divine perspective. I need to know what's your original design for my country. Because the leaders are trying to 
tell what is the original design. But God has the original design for this nation. I need to know, what is your original design for my people, my family? That's what fasting, the early church, they fasted, prayed. It was, it was not like if they fast, when they fasted. In Matthew 6, it says, when you fast, when you give, when you pray. It was not, it's, a, it's not an option. It is a lifestyle. I want to encourage you. Go before God. Spend some time. Take a day or two or three days. You know, me and my wife, we do every year 40 days going before the Lord in fasting and prayer and asking the Lord, Lord, teach us. Speak to us. We have nothing in this world. Things of this world, even the things of God can satisfy. Only God can satisfy. Amen? Amen. Now, the last, the fifth, the pillar of the early church was called giving. And giving is not something that we give because it's Sunday. It's because we saw some, you know, a video. We feel a little guilty, so let's write a check. No, it's giving was the early church lifestyle. They gave because God gave himself first. And let me tell you this, and I know you guys have been so generous, and we are part of that. We have seen your generosity. But let me tell you, if there is anyone here visiting for the first time or you're part of this Bridge Community family, I want to tell you this. You can never outgive God. And let me add you one more statement. You can never go broke by giving to God. Never go broke giving to God. You can never say, I've given God too much. There's no way. And giving is not only the finances. It's the first fruits of every area of your life. Are you giving the best of your energy to God? One sister told me, whenever I read the Bible, divine sleep is coming. (laughs) At least she was honest. Do you give the first fruits to God when you read the prayer? You know, one guy prayed. He was so busy. He said, Lord, I need a word. He said, Judas hung on the tree. Oh, no, that's not a good word. I need another word. <laughs> Speak to me, Lord. You know, we, we think this is a magic book, something we can take it out and apply it. No, this was the written word, a living word, an eternal word, the word that sustains us. Amen. Do we give the best of our time to God? Or do we give leftovers? Do we give the best of our ability to God? In Germany, they say, if you are about 35, they ask you to step down from the think tank because uh, they say your mind is almost dry if you are 35 above. You can't think creatively. So they push the the late teens and the early 20s into the think tank. If a secular world can think of trying to get the best of the minds to do whatever they want to do, do we give the best to God or the leftover? Are you there? Amen? Number six, and I think, is it six? Or seven or eight, I guess. You do the number, okay? Okay. Worship, word, communion, prayer and fasting, that's five. Six is giving. And seven and eight, I'm going to run quickly and then we'll, we'll camp on a couple of uh, thoughts and then we'd like to pray with you. And the seventh and eighth one is evangelism and discipleship. 
I like what E. Stanley Jones said. Evangelism is basically, Christian living is basically experience and expression. You experience God and you express God. Sadly, church has been experiencing religion. What are they doing? They're expressing religion. People are saying, no way, Jose. I don't want your religion. Imagine if we stop experiencing religion and start experiencing God. C.S. Lewis says, I was brought into this place keeping, skip, uh, screaming and kicking. I later came to realize that I didn't come to your place. I came to your person. Sometimes we think programs can fix. Programs can never fix. Rituals can never fix. Rules can never fix. Person can fix. Amen. You know, we are so divided as a church. I don't know about you, but in India, we are so divided. So divided. It's extreme. You know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. You know, pro-pro-pro-anti. You know, denominations, Pentecostals, charismatic. It's so divided. So divided. You know how denominations are born? Do you know how it was born? There was two blind men attending a convention where Jesus was running a crusade. And these two blind men happens to meet on the very first time when, the, when there was a great crusade. And they said, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Yeah, I heard about Jesus. He healed me. It's like, that guy said, yeah, me too. How did he heal you? Oh, I was blind. I got to see. Me too. I was blind. He, he may heal me. Like, what, did, what kind of healing he did? Like, how did he heal your eyes? And the one blind man said, he just touched me. I got healed. The other guy said, no. He didn't do that. He did like the <sighs> spit on the floor. Made a saliva out of the saliva. Clay applied it. Made me to walk 10 miles to wash on some water in some pool. And then they both started fighting. No, 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 no. He could have only touched no, 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 he could have spit. And that's why we have spitting denomination. We have touching denomination. <laughs> we are so divided. You know, one day, one guy said, we are, we are uh, giving, you know, uh, gluten-free communion cups. Gluten-free communion? It says in his wounding you found healing. And you need a gluten-free? Come on, that's the stupidity on steroids. You see how far we have driven? And that's the thing. The early church did not have all those things. They didn't even know what the heck gluten was. They were glued together in the Holy Spirit. They had the power of God. They saw the supernatural was their new normal. Amen. I'm praying for my church in India and I'm praying for you guys that that will be the new normal for you. God will shake. And during the shaking, things will fall apart. But then God will prepare the one that's the real bride. Amen? And what is discipleship? Discipleship means to be a better representative of the kingdom. That's called discipleship. See, you as an American, you were never conquered. So you probably don't understand this. I come from a country, there was a tiny island conquered my country, and they ruled my country for 300 years. It's called England. They came, and they said to us, 
you got to drive on the left side of the road. We are still figuring out on that. <laughs> you got to drink three times tea. We never had tea. It was brought from Sri Lanka. We never drank tea. And the, the, the governor's job is to come to a foreign country not to become like one, but to change the citizens to be like where he come from. So that the king or the queen visits a foreign land, she or he can feel home. Now guess what Jesus taught his disciples. And the disciples said, Lord, teach me how to pray. Now what did he say? He never said to repeat it. That's what we do many times. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. No, he never said no, put a ringtone on it. You know, he never said. <laughs> he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means holy. Amen. Your kingdom come. Come on, church. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically, Jesus was trying to say, you know what? You are here, but your job is not to stay here. You are here to represent me. See, religion tells you how fast you can go to heaven. Kingdom tells, teaches you how to bring heaven on earth. That's why I call kingdom citizens PhD holders. You know what this PhD means? Pulling heaven down. <laughs> Almost everyone here, I pray that you will be a PhD holder. Don't put a visiting card and say doctor. That will be cheesy. But that's the reality. <laughs> that you are a kingdom citizen. Wherever you go, you experience the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. When our son, when he was three years old, two and a half years old, one doctor diagnosed him and said he is autistic. And then they gave all the things that it's going to be like this, blah, 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 blah. It was suddenly, I felt like it ton of brick hit on us. We don't know what to do. Because I come from a culture where autistic kids are a curse in your family. And I know people, they just do away with the kids. They either kill them, poison them, or send them on a street to beg. They don't want to associate because that is a bad curse in the family. So I said, Lord, what is this? And you gave me a son and you told to name him Isaac. Isaac means son of my joy, laughter. Here I am going through opposite. The Lord said to me and my wife, do not label him. Do not put this label. Autism could be a condition, but that's not his identity. And he gave us Psalms 139. Such a beautiful verse. I want to read this with you. How many minutes I have, by the way? I, okay. So, you okay? We can go another 20, 10 minutes. Okay? Turn with me, Psalms 139. 139. And this is the verse he gave. It's incredible. And we started reading this verse, Psalms 139 from verse 13. And we started prophesying over our son and our daughter. We say this, you created Isaac and Asha. Asha is our daughter. Asha means hope. Inmost being. 
you knit them together in their mother's womb. We praise you because Isaac and Asha are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. We know that full well. Isaac and Asha's frame was not hidden from you. When they were made in the secret place, when they were woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw Isaac and Asha's unformed body. All the days ordained for Isaac and Asha were written in your book. Not one of them came to be. How precious to us your thoughts, O God, regarding Isaac and Asha. How vast is the sum of them. Were we to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When we are awake, we are still with you. We start declaring this verse. Keep on declaring this. We understood we didn't deny it. We didn't walk in denial. Faith is not walking in denial. Sometimes we think faith means we have to walk in denial. No, we know the challenges. We went, did all these natural things that you need to do. But we didn't give the room to influence the son's identity. Cut the long story short, three years later, we were in the same doctor's place, a good friend of us. She asked us, what therapy you did? I said, what do you mean? What therapy? Did you do any therapy? I said, we did God therapy. We started speaking identity over him. Amen. The same doctor said, I am re-diagnosing him out of autism. He is no more autistic. <laughs> Amen. My brothers and sisters, we have a beautiful privilege to represent the kingdom. To this broken world. The world out there, they don't know this God. They might have heard about Christianity. That's two different things. People ask me, are you a Christian? I, I, I bluntly say no. Then who are you? Atheist? No, I'm not a fool. <laughs> it's in the Bible, so. <laughs> then who are you? Are you Hindu? No. Then who are you? I just follow Jesus. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, that's what you call me. But I'm a follower of Jesus. The world out there needs to know Jesus, not Christianity. The world needs to know the real bride of Jesus, not the so-called tradition. I remember this one cowboy was dressed really cowboyish. I don't know how you can explain that. He went to this most traditional, you know, all kept together church in Texas. And the congregation got really mad. So they called the pastor and said, tell him to change his outfit. So the pastor went politely and said, son, you're welcome to come to church, but you got to change your outfit. So next week you're welcome. The next week he comes, he is even more cowboyish. I don't know how to explain that. So the congregation gave the pastor an ultimatum. If you don't tell this fellow to change his clothes, you are fired. So this pastor is right now, he's, his knees are fellowshipping, you know. So he goes to the church, this cowboy dressed guy. He says, I want you to pray. Next Sunday when you come, I want you to ask God what kind of clothes you should wear. Then you can come. So he comes next Sunday. He's even more like super cowboyish. The, the congregation's like, this is your last Sunday. That's it. 
So the pastor went quickly. Hang on, hang on. Let me ask. Son, thanks for coming, but did you pray and ask Jesus? He said, I prayed and asked Jesus. What did Jesus tell you about the clothes? And he said, I prayed. Jesus told me, son, I've never been to the church. I don't know how they clothe, how they dress. What is their dress code? And sometimes it's like that, right? We are so focused on some denomination things. It's mine, this and that. But the world outside is dying. I want to ask you to think about this. I want to finish off with this thought. Okay. Because in these eight pillars, this one pillar I want to focus on is the pillar of prayer. Because prayer is not something you do it as a ritually. Prayer is your lifestyle. Amen. Prayer does not need to have this beautiful addressing. Our Father in heaven, I come to you in the most precious name of your son Jesus. And then finish it off with all glory and honor and praise. No, you don't need to be religious in prayer. Prayer is talking to God, God talking to you back. I remember this, this pastor who, who wants, uh, a celebrity couple attended a church and they invited the pastor to come. To, for a meal. So this pastor wants to make sure that he pleases well the celebrity couple. So he, he went to, his, to their home for a meal and the celebrity couple said, why don't you pray, pastor? So this pastor wants to appear as if like he's the best in town so that he, this couple doesn't leave his church. So he started praying for the meal. He started saying, oh God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Joshua, the God who opened the Red Sea. The God who provided manna. God who gave this. And he went through all those kings and proverbs and New Testament and the candlestick in Revelation. He went there for 20 minutes and he opened his eyes. The celebrity couple finished the lunch. He was so shocked. He said, when did you finish the lunch? He said, while you are crossing the Red Sea. We finished the lunch. Sometimes we think prayer means we have to decorate it with some beautiful words. No. You know, there are three hindrances to prayer. Quickly, if you're taking notes, write it down. The first one is called distraction. And right now, this generation, all of us, we can understand. Distraction is the number one enemy of prayer. You know how it works? You get up in the morning. I do a ritual. Every day in the morning, the first thing I do, brush my teeth. Make a cup of black coffee. It smells, that room it fills with the presence of God. So beautiful. It's just amazing. That's this, this beautiful aroma. I take that. I take my Bible, my notes, my devotion book. I sit in a very quiet, comfortable place. Unfortunately, I have this something called smartphone. It's also with me. So I'm there. Sometimes I even kneeling down. I'm just God. The coffee is there brewing and smell is there. They're there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Suddenly, titting, titting. This WhatsApp notifications. You know, WhatsApp is like an app. And especially the WhatsApp, there is something called group chat. They are like demons on steroids. And then they started saying good morning and then emojis. I don't know who invented emojis. I want to give them a five-fold ministry. You know? <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. Distraction. Hello? You look like you never had a distraction. 
Distraction is a number one killer. You can't. Amen? I always tell, before you're checking your Facebook, seek his face and read his book. That's a bit cheesy, but it works. Amen? It's interesting that we are so distracted. So I, I have this, I don't know, it works for me. I'm going to share with what works for me. If I keep talking to people, I can't hear God. So I put away this thing. Because I need to connect with Daddy. Amen? And it's not a ritual. It's not something I do for five minutes so that I can check the box. Quiet time, tick. No, it's my life. He is my life. He doesn't give life. He is my life. Amen? The numbers two, second one, second hindrance to prayer is called busyness syndrome. It's a busy, everyone. You ask people, busy. What are you doing? Busy. You're busy at what? Busy at being busy. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Everything, every time there is something going on. And I tell you guys, and I know in American culture, there is such a busyness, thrust. You gotta go. It's like a rat race. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. You know, it's like this. It's keep on running, 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 running. My dear brothers and sisters, time spent with God is never a waste of time. Amen? And this busyness, busyness syndrome kills creativity, kills the joy. That's why people don't have joy. They are, they are you know, people without joy, I call them like constipated Christians. <laughs> there, is, there is more incoming, no outgoing. They are stinky to be around. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And the last but not the least, the why there is an hindrance to prayer, and which is the first thing, actually, I kept it for the last, hidden sins. And what is a hidden sin? I came to realize this. You can fool anybody in this world, but not God. You can even fool your pastor. You can even put up a good show on Sunday, but not the one who created you. And hidden sin, I'm not just talking about you know, one particular area of sin. Anything. John Wesley once went to his mom and asked Susanna Wesley, Mama, teach me what is sin. And Susanna Wesley, who is the mother of 19 kids, she said, anything that distracts you from the very call of God is sin. Today we are distracted, so busy, and we have shove it under the carpet as if nothing is going on and we are inside crumbling and outside we are saying everything is fine. But the Lord says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways and he promises something beautiful, he will bring healing to the land. I want you to stand up. You are praying for healing to your land? Are you? I'm praying for the healing to your land also. I'm praying God will heal America. Amen? I'm praying God will heal my country, India. I pray where my wife comes from, God will heal Spain. 
the healing doesn't come top down. Many times we think we put a guy up there who believes according to our worldview, we are fine. No, it starts bottom up. If my people pray, healing in the land. I don't know if there's a worship team, sister, if you can come. My friend, if you, brother, please. I want to take a few moments to pray with you. And I want to pray that the presence of God will take us. And if the Holy Spirit convicted you, maybe, maybe you are one of those persons that you say, I'm so busy, I don't have time to spend with God. Or maybe distraction. Maybe if that's your problem. Maybe hidden sin. I don't need to, to confess it to me or to anyone. Maybe you can find a, a small group leader. I don't know how it works. Um, uh, somebody who's accountable that you are. That you can go to that person and say, I'm struggling with this. Why? Because the Lord is inviting the church. Bringing his church together so that the church, when the church started to repent, when the church starts to pray, when the church starts to not take sides being politically correct, but being kingdom correct, I believe truly the Lord will bring healing to our land. If that's you, uh, there is space here. I don't know. We can, we can lead a song and worship. If we can do that. If you need any prayer and you say, God, I need, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place. I'm distracted. I have this hidden sin. I have this busyness syndrome. I have time to time for everybody, not for God. Maybe I'm not giving the first fruits to God. I'm giving leftovers to Him. Maybe it's a call from the Holy Spirit to us saying, come, come to me, church. I want to build my church on you. If that's you, if that's your battling, or maybe your family is in a place where it's so divided over issues like vaccine or politics and you're so divided you can't even sit at the dinner table and have a decent conversation because we have polarized views. But what brings us together, it's not what he, Stanley Jones, says this beautifully. When the church starts talking about what we believe, there is division. When the church talks about who we believe, there is unity. And I believe this time for the church to start talking about the one who raised us from the death to life. If anyone in this place who say, God, I need that divine touch. I want to go deeper. I want you to take a step of faith. Just come in the front. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to pray for everyone, but just corporately, just want to pray over all of you. And just say, God, the very fact that you've come out it's a sign that, Lord, I don't want to stay where I used to be. I want to just come to your place where I want to be the real church. I'm tired of doing church on Sundays and then facing my dark little secrets on Mondays. Just come to the altar. We'll sing. If the leaders, the elders in the church, if you can just come, just gently lay hands on them. My amor, por favor, venir. Orar. Thank you, Jesus. Malandura Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord.
See how great. 
for supernatural joy to come upon even at the back if someone was going through the sense of heaviness i just want you to lift up your hands and just pray for supernatural joy to come upon each and every one father i pray just the words of kori tumbum if you look around we are stressed we look within we are depressed but when we look above we are at rest father our rest comes from you our rest comes from you i don't know who this is for there is a maybe at least four or five people who been battling with the sleepless nights you been you, you just constantly thinking about your future and anxious anxious the lord is saying i am your rest i am your rest if that's you just put your hand on your heart i want you to receive that Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for the rest. Thank you for the rest. If there is anyone here, maybe you're visiting here or maybe you came but you know Jesus but you never received him in your heart. You never invited him to be the Lord of your life. Or maybe you know him but you kind of drifted but now today god is giving you a new invitation he's saying my son my daughter i want you to come back if that's you i just want you to put your hand up i want to pray with you thank you jesus there's a fam there's a brother here thank you thank you if there is any elder if you can just deacon if they can stand next to that person we thank you give a big hand thank you jesus thank you thank you yes I'm not promising coming to Jesus all the problems will leave but the bible says he is with us he doesn't take the thorns away but he is with us in the thorny path thank you lord father i thank you for this church they will continue to be the bridge and life and hope in the city of orange in the county of orange in the state of california but also in the nations of the world yes father let the glory fall from here and to the nations i thank you lord for our pastors i pray that you will restore them completely we thank you and all god's people say in jesus name amen 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 amen, amen.